0: You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. So this morning is such a precious day. Do you know that 102 years ago, President Woodrow Wilson decided that Mother's Day needed to be celebrated? Hey, And then before that, a woman named Anna Jarvis petitioned. That we celebrate Mother's Day because she thought it was that important it needed to be celebrated and the very very first Mother's Day was celebrated in a church service just like this and we will do it every single year to celebrate these women because mothers give so much of themselves from the very time that you fall pregnant to the time it never ends. <laughs> Actually, motherhood just continues and continues. And I want to also wish my precious mother, who is sitting in the front row yeah. thank you, mom, for being my wonderful mother for all of my wonderful 21 years. <laughs> Plus. <laughs> God is good. Amen. So... There was a mom pushing her trolley through the mall. And her child was with her, her little girl, screaming all the way. And the mother was saying, Ellen, just calm down. Stay calm. Ellen, it's almost done. We'll be done now, soon, soon. Ellen, we're going to be home soon. We're almost done. And she got to a till and the cashier said to her, ma'am, you are so patient with your little Ellen. And she said, my girl, I'm Ellen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> haven't we all been there, mothers? I know I have. I remember saying, wait till you get home. And I kept my promises, girls. My kids will tell you. Proverbs 31, verse 30 and 31, says, Favor is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman that fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands, and let her own works praise her in the gate. In Proverbs 31, A portrait of a mother has been painted for us to show us what a perfect mother should be. None of us are perfect mothers. There's no such thing. There's no such perfect person in the world. We try our best. There is no booklet that has been written to say, this is how we should bring up our children. We do as the Lord leads us. Amen. When we hold our children in our hands, When we feed our children at our breasts, when we rock them to sleep, family, we are rocking the next generation in our arms and putting our fingerprints onto that next generation for time and eternity, time and eternity, and then those children You will pass down to those children what you have learned from the Word, and then those children will pass down to their children what they have, what you taught them from the Word, and what they have learned from the Word, because they're staying in the Word. And then their children will pass it on to their children, because you've put your fingerprint on their lives for time and eternity. It's so important that we do those things. Abraham Lincoln said, the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. Wow. Wow. He also said, no one is poor that has a godly praying mother. Abraham Lincoln, and he was a president of the United States of America. That is how what he thought about his mother. So when we teach our children honesty, ethics, good morals, integrity, good working standards, um, a sense of honor, our world around us will be a good place to live in. Our futures in this world, in this country, will be made secure because we see so much other things happening. But we as Christians... That is what we need to pass on to our children. Morals, ethics, integrity, truth, standards. Amen. Otherwise, this world has no future. So the portrait of a mother, the ideal mother in Proverbs, is not because she's a mother. It's because she's the perfect mother. Giving birth to a child... Doesn't make you the perfect mother or a mother. It's what you do with that child when you take the child home and how you then bring that child up from there on, right? In Genesis 2, verse 18, it says, It is not good for man to be alone, and I will make for him a suitable helper. So in all of Genesis, the one thing that God said is not good is for man to be alone. Because it says, so God created this and it was good. God created that and it was good. God created this and it was good. The one thing He says that is not good is for man to be alone. Okay? Now I want to go into what that rib means. The truth about Adam's rib. In the Hebrew language... It nearly always refers to a literal rib. But in 1 Kings 7 verse 3, the Bible refers to a rib as a beam. In fact, it's the major beam that held up Solomon's temple. And that is how we are referred to, as that beam. We are literally the beam that holds up our man wow. Husbands seem outstanding. My husband seems amazing. He is amazing. (laughs) He is amazing. (laughs) But God is saying here in 1 Kings 7 verse 3 that their wife is the beam that literally holds them up. She's the hidden inward strength that keeps them from falling apart that without her, her husband would just fall apart. Amen? What do wives say here? How many girls? Hello, am I hearing anything? I know, if I never met Pastor Adam, he would be a little gray man with a little gray suit in a one bedroom apartment with a computer and a little gray car doing the same thing every day. I keep him together. And you know what? Even he would say that. (laughs) And I spice up his life. But girls, can we as women manipulate our husbands? What is manipulation? Witchcraft. Witchcraft. Do you... Manipulate your husband with anger? Do you sulk? Do you withhold sex? (laughs) It's not a dirty word. (laughs) Okay, ask yourself. Don't answer. (laughs) I don't want to hear. Manipulation is witchcraft which includes domination, manipulation, intimidation, and the Word of God calls that witchcraft. Do you know that in my 29 years of ministry as a pastor's wife, when people have left the church, almost 90% of the time, it's been because the wife has said something to the, the husband's ear. I know I have my husband's ear. I have to be very careful what I do with what I say to him because I know where it could go. So I can't take it into the manipulation area where it could turn into witchcraft and make him make decisions which are not godly because I've said what I want to say and I'm making him do what I want him to do and not hearing from the Holy Spirit or the Lord. So we will not. Girls, in this church, let us not play with witchcraft. We can come to church, we can sing songs, we can praise the Lord and look all holy, sit and listen to the Word, and then go home and practice witchcraft. Let's stop it now. Let's stop it now. And I want to hear a loud amen from the girls. There'll be no more speaking in your husband's ears because, and I'm going to speak in my husband's ear to speak about on Father's Day being the head of your home. If the Holy Spirit says. (laughs) And you know, he says, it's the Godhead. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and me. (laughs) (laughs) So I will pray to the Lord that he hears. (laughs) Praise God. So let's stop that. No more of that. Hallelujah. Solomon writes that a successful mother invests herself in her children. I gave of my life. I didn't want to stand up on the stage and prepare messages. I did lead the worship team. I led, led worship on a Sunday. I juggled that around, but most of my time was with my children. And you know what? My investment, praise the Lord, paid off. For me to sit here and see my kids here, supporting what Pastor Alan and I do, every step of the way, I am so grateful, so grateful that they are here. The investment is worth it. Invest the Word of God into your children's lives. There's nothing more important than that. When one generation of mothers do not teach their children the way of the Lord, and they leave the house of the Lord, and they leave reading the Word out of their lives, what happens to that generation? We can see what's happening in the world today when people leave the church, and they fail to teach their children how to pray, how to read the Word, how to hear the voice of God, what God is saying to them, where God wants them, how God is leading them, what happens to them. The principles of morality, as is established in the Word of God, our children need to hear that. Particularly today, morality is out of the window. You know, Arthur is no longer Arthur and Martha is no longer Martha. But it is. And not in the church. And our kids need to hear that out of the Word. That that is not in the Word of God. God does not say that. We don't believe that. I'll cast that demon out of you so fast where its head will spin. (laughs) Let us also, as families as mothers and fathers, not leave our children to the school system. You know what, family, I don't believe in the school systems today, or even the university systems, because we don't know what they are teaching our children anymore. The things that are going on in the school systems, it's not godly. I wanna know that my kids and my grandchildren come out of there as godly men and women of God. So I will not leave them to a system that is going to teach them opposite to what God wants them to know. What are you going to do? Pray about that. It's not worth, do not sacrifice your children's spiritual well-being. Never. Do you know that one of the marks of socialism is to get the children away from their parents as soon as possible? And a law has recently been passed in Washington that if your kid goes to school and tells them that they want to become a, tra- is a transgender and it either thinks they want to change to male or female and the parents don't agree with it, there's a law now that the, the state has every right legally to come and fetch your child and take it away from you. They are handing out those tablets to help them convert whoever they are at schools. We need to be made aware of this. If it's happening in America, when is it going to come here? So, family, let us not hand our children open the door and just say, go off to school now. They'll, they'll teach you the way. Which way? There's only one way, God's way. So the truth of the word is what it's all about. And we as parents must fill our children with the truth of the word from day one. Amen. Teach them to to pray and to obey. Pray and obey. That's all they need to know. Two of the most dangerous criminals that ever terrorised America were raised by a mother called Mill Parker. Her sons became two of the most vicious gangsters in America, and they were taught by their mother how to do that. So you can teach them whatever you want to. Okay? But then we find a mother called Susanna Wesley who had 19 children, oh Lord have mercy. I had three, and now I have two grandsons, and they're more than enough. I'm having more grandchildren for sure, but two at a time will be enough for me to handle. But three was more than sufficient for me. Imagine having 19 kids. She even said she had nowhere to pray. She'd have to sit in a corner and put her apron over her head and then she'd pray. That's the only quiet she had, 19 children. I would pray that they'd never get married or have grandchildren because <laughs> can you imagine Christmas? <laughs> oh my goodness. So she also recorded in her, uh, in her life that she would pray every single day for every one of her 19 children. A praying mother, you'll never be poor. Two sons that came out of her home were John and Charles Wesley. John and Charles Wesley formed what became the Methodist Church. So John taught the Word, he became a pastor and started churches, and Charles wrote hymns that we still sing today from that woman's home. So they didn't become terrorists, destroying America. Millions of people were saved around the world because of what their mother had instilled into their lives and their hearts. And that is what they did throughout America and throughout Europe eventually, isn't that awesome? So praise God for a woman like Susanna Wesley who believed in God. So the mother in Proverbs 31 was not only strong, but her mouth was filled with kindness. Always, and I know it's difficult because um, I've am i also done wrong, said wrong things. But remember, you can always go back and apologise. Say, I'm sorry. Ask for forgiveness. Take it back. I wasn't right here. I didn't do right there. I will not do that again. I will learn from this. We will learn together. Proverbs 31 verse 26 says, She opens her mouth with wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness. So the Proverbs 31 mother is a composite mother. Hallelujah. What does that mean? So she's not one thing. She's a whole lot of pieces put together to composite this woman as a composition. Okay, do you understand that? So no one woman can do all things. If that woman is here today, please stand, because I want to bow before your feet and I want you to lay hands on me, (laughs) because we can't. You know what, and if there was a Proverbs 31 for men, what would that title be? (laughs) Let's meet Superman. (laughs) There's a hand I saw. So no one woman can do all things. Are we in agreement? In verse 30, the Proverbs 31 woman was a deeply committed believer, okay? I'm gonna go through some of the verses. In verse 12, she is perfection personified. In verse 28, she's the mother of the year. Hmm. In verse 20, she's a woman who gives to charity. In verse 16, she's a gifted real estate agent. In verse 14, she's a gourmet cook. In verse 18, she's the farmer of the year. Definitely not me. I kill plants in my house. <laughs> in verse 18, she's yeah, farmer of the year. In verse 17, she's a, she's a disciplined exerciser. Amen, Aubrey. I am that. In verse 26, she's a brilliant diplomat. In verse 21, she makes an entire wardrobe of winter clothing for her children, her husband, and her staff. Well, I'm sorry, staff, you're going to go cold this year. Because that's not me. In verse 25, she's never concerned about her age. What? What? Never. This can't be real. In verse 12, she never complains. Oh, wow. Who here never complains? In verse 15, she never gets tired. I know, wow. I know how many times I've been, and especially in the last few weeks, telling my husband how tired I am. I'm so tired. I'm so tired, I could sleep for a week. (laughs) Maybe if you stop saying that, doll, then it would be okay, (laughs) is what he will say to me. Anywho, her husband sits around the gate chatting with the guys, never helps her with the kids or the home, and she's okay with that. No, I'm not okay with that. But let me help you yeah. This is not one woman. Thank the Lord. It liberates us to know that this is not one woman, that we can live a life unlimited, but be who you are supposed to be. God has put something in your life for you to specifically do. So it's for up to us, it's up to us, to find that purpose. And do that purpose and become that person in our lives. What are you? Are you a gourmet cook? Uh, Do you like to sew? Do you like to uh, sell property? Are you a businesswoman? Find one thing and do that thing to the best of your ability. Amen. Do it great and it's liberating. God is so good. We live in a world where righteous women is a rare pearl. And that is a sad thing today. Wow. Solomon, shame. He had a thousand wives. A thousand. I can't even wrap my head around that. Imagine having a thousand women around me in one home with their own children. And you know what? God calls him the wisest man in the world. Okay, Proverbs 31 verse 10 says, he, he says, Solomon here, a righteous woman, a good woman, is worth more than great treasure and rubies. Then he says, who can find? So out of a thousand wives, he couldn't find one. Oh my goodness. How many women do we have here today? Righteous woman, I believe. We have many righteous women here. Why? You are here on a Sunday. You are learning from the Word. You are doing the Word. Not only learning, you are doing it. Amen. Mm. He couldn't find one out of all his thousand. So let's do our best to be who God created us to be. We as mothers are responsible as the protectors and defenders of our children. That's what I want to be, about my children and my grandchildren, the protector and the defender, with God at my side. But I want to do better than the generations before us. I want all of us here to start to do better than the generations before us, because we still have time on this earth. And this earth, goodness me, if we leave it the way it is, it's going to hell in a handbasket. And that's not what we want. There are so many souls to be saved. And we need to get out there and do the work. We need to teach our children to get out there and do the work. Amen. Now I want to talk about the supernatural faith of a mother. And I'm talking about the Shunammite woman. And I spoke to my husband last week. I said, you use the Shunammite woman as your example. That's my message. (laughs) So he said to Josh, Josh, that's your mother's message. (laughs) Bless his heart. It's God's message. The Shunammite woman with Elisha and Gehazi. So we find a leading lady in Shunamm. And Elisha and Gehazi go through Shunem. And she sees them and she notices that he is a man of God. She she discerns this. So she says to her husband, let's take him in. Every time he comes through Shunem, let's take him into our home. Let's be hospitable to him. Let's take care of him and we'll set him up. I'll build a flat for him and we'll take care of him. And they do this on a regular basis. And then Elisha says to her one day, what can I bless you with? And she says, nothing. I have need of nothing. And Gehazi says to Elisha, you know what? She has married an old man and she hasn't got any children. So Elisha prays over her. He lays hands on her and he says, by this time next year, you will give birth to a son. And it comes to pass, in a year, she has a baby. And years go by, and this child is in the field with his father working, and he he has a terrible headache, and he shouts out to his dad, my head, my head. And the father says, like most fathers do, take him to his mother. He needs his mother. He wants his mother. And she takes her son, and she puts him on her lap. And while he's sitting on her lap, he dies I had a similar situation <clears throat> he didn't die thank the Lord I was feeding Josh as a baby and after I'd winded him he slid off my lap he rolled off my lap onto the floor and his, his eyes rolled back in his head and I remember I just put my arms under him and I scooped him up my heart was pounding I didn't scream I didn't cry my, my heart was pounding and I walked him slowly to his dad and I handed him over and I said, pray, pray now. And I remember saying, God, you promised, this is your promise and you'll never take it away. I lay on my bed and I grabbed my phone and I remember saying to Pastor, just tell me when I need to phone the doctor. Just tell me. And I had the number dialed and he, ha- he held this child and he walked Up and down and he prayed and he prayed and he prayed and he prayed. And I held my phone tight. And all of a sudden I just heard. (gasps) Thank you, Jesus. But her child died calmly. And I want to ask her one day, how did you do this calmly? She took him and she laid him on Elisha's bed. And she went downstairs, and she said to her husband, I'm going to the temple. He knew nothing. He said to her, why are you going to the temple today? It's not even that time of the week. And she said, it is well. I don't know how she did that. The faith of this woman is astounding to me. Then she had to walk out the door. And she had to go to the temple. And when she gets there, she tells Elisha. And he sends Gehazi. And he says, you go, you lay your staff on the boy. So they go and she runs ahead of Gehazi and they get there. And Gehazi lays his staff on him and nothing happens. So Elisha gets there. And he walks in, he closes the door and he lays on the boy and he prays. And the boy opens his eyes and he sneezes seven times and he's alive. But she never gave up, family. She never, wow, a mother's faith. For whatever you need for your child's life, do not give up. Keep praying, keep believing because God's promises are yes and amen and they will come to pass for what you want. If you are trusting for a baby, that will come to pass. Now, very soon, just keep trusting God. Do not give up because God has given you promises. Hold on to those promises and do not give up. Do not let go of what God has placed in your heart for it to happen in your life. She was a woman that said it as well. She had discernment of who He was. She was hospitable to Him. She was influential to her husband. So she taught him how how to serve this man of God and they were blessed. She had faith and strength to say, it is well. And that is all I want us to be today, is to be bold and have faith and strength in the knowledge that God will do for us what He has promised. Amen. Amen. God is good.